deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world is opened up as has the Griffin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shriekcast, no longer a Harry Potter reread podcast for Laps fans. I'm your host, Cece. And I'm Liz. And Liz, it's been, I guess, two weeks now um, since we were gifted with the curse of prophecy. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are you dealing with this in your day to day life? Very well. It's <laughs> it's uh, a gift and a burden, right? Yeah. Yeah. The lathe of heaven. It gives and it takes. Right. Exactly. Um. We, uh, I've, I've been, I've been obsessed with this. We, we have, I'm like, we've always, you know, we've had the Shriekcast Leyline joke for years now, but this one feels so dark and, and potent, um, that, that it's, it's hard for me to take my mind off of, uh, everything going on with Neopets ever since we, like, on a whim, we're like, well, we have nothing really else to talk about in a bonus episode. Why not, why not a recap? on what's going on with with uh with everyone's favorite flash game compilation yeah flash game (laughs) compilation slash nft metaverse uh yeah collectible uh universe you know yeah bring bring us up to speed what's happened this week because uh because you've been you've been on top of this yeah let me think where we where we left off. So we um, last week covered their their announcement that they had been uh, bought out uh, by a newly formed company uh, headed by uh, the CEO. I know his name is Dominic, but I can't remember his last name, uh, who was also the head of the NFT project, but that they were um, saying goodbye to the metaverse and the NFTs and were no longer continuing it. But they will be uh, making a mobile app that is a 3D explorable world MMO um, uh, experience. (laughs) Um, Social game and loot game and... Sounded like there were some de- uh, uh, quite quite an ambitious project. Every game to every person, I think, is probably is probably what they said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Neopet Skyrim. Neopet Skyrim is coming out for your for your mobile device any day now. Um, since then, they have fulfilled one of their promises, which is that they reinstated a bunch of the Flash games on the Neopets.com website. Oh, hey, that's something. Yeah, they um, got that all going. Um, I think that they're just, I don't know much about this, but the way that you can play Flash games now, they didn't like convert them into HTML5, which mm-hmm. I think is what happened at Grendo's Cafe. Um is yeah. that a bunch of those got converted over, but this is using like some sort of um I can't even call it like an extension cuz I don't really know anything, but it's called Ruffle and it's like a third-party thing that like lets you work around being able to play flash games. So okay. it's not even like they truly converted it, right? They just have this mm-hmm. like they built in this ruffle in- into the code, right? Mm. I don't know much about that, but um, yeah, they brought back the Flash games uh, and they got John Legend. <laughs> that is my favorite piece of news. Getting that. So, OK, this was right after because we were, we were kind of clowning last week on the 
huge, ambitious project announcement stuff coupled with the announcement that they had $4 million of investment money to work with. Mm-hmm. And I really am curious how much they are paying celebrities to be their brand ambassador because that I mean I guess it did look like a cameo and there was part of me that was wondering if they literally just like paid him 400 bucks or whatever for a cameo to be like hey I like Neopets do you like Neopets but but it sounds like it's like a position he is a he is a a brand ambassador like uh like Daniel Craig is for like Omega watches or something yeah, it's just just like that. <laughs> I have James Bond on the brain. Yeah. I've I've been I've been watching a lot of James Bond movies. Nice. Starting from the beginning, going Doctor No, I'm all the way up through Diamonds Are Forever as of yesterday. Have you read any James Bond novels? I have. Yeah. I read I read the like the first few, right? They're not good. <laughs> They're not very good. Um, no. better as movies, I think. Yeah. I mean, the secret is that the movies aren't very good either. Right. But they're a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Honor Majesty's Secret Service, the George Lazenby one. Yeah. Kind of fucking rocks. Yeah, that I one's loved a sleeper it. hit. That one's fucking awesome. I, I I looked this up afterwards and I found out that this was sort of like the the real Bond head opinion, right? Like everyone likes that movie now. But I, I just like was like, yeah, they're right. This kind of fucking rocked. Yeah, that was one of my favorite ones Um, as a as a teen Slash child. That's a good (laughs) one. The only downside is that it has no um, lyrics to the Bond song, if I'm remembering correctly. Yes. No. Yeah. You need you need a song about the villain or the title. Yes. Uh, I think that's very important for Bond. Uh, What's your what's your number one Bond theme? Uh, Goldeneye. Goldeneye is really good. Goldeneye is really, really good. I I think mine is either Diamonds Are Forever, which is it's the one good part of that movie. (laughs) <laughs> and other than that it's going to be the world is not enough or tomorrow never dies i really like those ones yeah fair enough fuck james bond maybe we pivot to james bond pivot to james bond interesting <laughs> i don't know what i'd have to say about james bond other than pretty cool pretty cool <laughs> kind of problematic but pretty cool yeah i wish i was that guy Pretty cool guy. Driving those cars, shooting those guns, using those gadgets. He, he seems like he's, he's having a pretty good time. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what was I fucking talking about? How did I get on James Bond? Oh, because I, I was talking about, <laughs> I was talking about watches. Just like John Legend and Neopets. <laughs> John Legend. Has he tweeted anything about Neopets since then? It really does look like a cameo. Like, same style. <laughs> it's just him on his phone saying, hello, I'm the I'm the new Neopets guy. Yeah, nothing since then. In fact, that is, as of this recording, that is his most recent tweet still. That's the only thing. that That's the top of his page. Hmm. Did he pin it? No, uh, 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 not pinned. So they didn't, they didn't pay him enough to, to like, put it there forever. Right. When someone, when a company tells you we have $4 million and then the same day they've got a celebrity spokesperson, I I can't help but worry about the accounting going on over there. Well, I guess that is like maybe the funniest way to talk about their budget because um, today 
what popped up on the Neopets subreddit was a picture that someone took at a DMV of a Neopets ad on like the screen <laughs> where you like your ticket comes up and you go to the counter and it, yeah. it's just an ad at the DMV. So I'm imagining that they're like, okay, we've got our advertising budget. We get John Legend and then we do the DMV circuit and that's all of our money. Advertising at the DMV, I genuinely did not know that was a thing you could do until today. Right. The DMV I go I, I go to when I, when I need to like renew my license or whatever, that no ads there. Ad-free DMV. I think it's state by state. I, you you found out that it was like 60 bucks to advertise at that DMV or or like generally at or a just DMV. Right? The first the first DMV I looked at that was like, well, here's our rates. And it was like as low as $60 for like rural areas <laughs> or something. So I don't know if that's the case here, but I'm like, they spent 99% of their budget on John Legend. And they're like, time, time to put the rest of our ads in the rural DMV. This feels like I, I'm imagining a meeting where like there were two people working on the ad budget and they came in for the meeting and one said, hey, I got John Legend and the other one. <laughs> oh, no. you know, like, this is like this is like, a you know, when when like a secret Santa has like a budget limit of like 50 bucks or something. <laughs> This guy spent like hundreds of dollars on the Secret Santa or whatever. That's what this kind of feels like. Someone really got shown up at the at the ad me- meeting. Oh, uh, yeah, that's too bad. <laughs> the 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 DMV ad kind of looks like one of those uh it looks like one of those TVs that you have above you when you're bowling. Yeah. Like maybe maybe they should advertise there like you get a strike and it tells you to go on Neopets and play. There was a there was was it, was it a Mirka bowling thing? What was the? Uh, there was yeah, a there bowling flash. There was a bowling game. I must have not played that one much. <laughs> An ad comes up telling you to play deck swabber when exactly. you when you get a strike. Yeah. Can I read the Can I read the copy on this ad? Please do. This is the DMV ad. Neopets New Era. Island Builders City Simulator mobile game will also be relaunched. And a new 3D open world game called World of Neopets is coming. The thing that I love about this is is you're you're reading it off of the ad. It does it not kind of look like a closed caption in that picture? Oh yeah, it does kinda. I I want to know what the like is it John Legend? Is it John Legend doing the voiceover? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Can we get a video of this ad? It kind of looks like a subtitle in that. Yeah, it does. <laughs> New era. New era of Neopets. It's coming. It is. It's on its way. Island Builder City Simulator mobile game and 3D open world game called World of Neopets. That's crazy. That sounds like the best mobile game ever made. That's like, that's a lot of game they're describing right there. Yeah, yeah. Can I talk about the pieces I put together in my own head about their $4 million, though? Yes, absolutely. So this fucked me up today because I... I missed this in the like Neopets metaverse, but in Mm -hmm. January of this year, Neopets metaverse announced that they they received $4 million in funding from like, like crypto uh, investors. Right. 
I missed that. So when I saw that they made their announcement for Neopets, I was like, oh, they got some investors in their new company. That's weird. And they didn't get very much money as far as like venture capital is concerned, but like good for them. I did not realize that they got crypto investment (laughs) money and then just rugged their crypto people and right. are trying to and are trying to make new neopets with the dirty crypto money they have yeah the the part that i assumed was in that in that initial press release or i guess it wasn't even it was like a blog post they were like we, like in January, we received four million dollars in funding from investors, and the way that that was phrased to me made me assume that what that meant was that like this transition away from crypto had been happening for a while behind the scenes, and like now they can talk about it, right? Like, oh, back in January, we did we did this in in to like in preparation for this announcement. I did not realize that the that those were the same thing that the, the 4 million was from like, it was from like a bunch of web three companies and like currencies, right? Like it was specific. Yeah. So either they have the most lenient patient investors ever, or they're doing something that like, maybe you're not supposed to do. I, I guess I, I'm no, I am no expert on this stuff, but I thought that generally if someone gives you some money to do something, you like have, you know, you've got to like prove that you're doing it. Yeah, I I legitimately want to know if you're like a like a a crypto like investing company and you invest four million dollars into like a Web three project and then they say we're not doing Web three anymore. We're just making uh, Island Builders, uh, City Simulator, Open World MMO, uh, Neopet Skyrim with our four million dollars. Do you have any recourse? I, 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 I shouldn't talk about stuff I know nothing about. My all of my my investment knowledge comes from watching that show Billions. So I, <laughs> I, I, have, I have no, I have no, no ground to stand on here. But I just, I, I assume that you, you've kind of got to at least pretend that you're delivering on the initial pitch, right? Like if you go on Shark Tank and you ask for a hundred thousand dollars to make like dog yogurt or something yeah and then and then they come to you in like two weeks and they say okay we gave you a hundred thousand dollars for dog yogurt what are you working on how's that going and you say oh i'm actually making island builder city simulator simulator mobile game 3d open world like i think that they could (laughs) do i think that they could do something about that probably Right. I, like, they, you know, they would be like, okay, well, no, we asked you for dog yogurt. We need our <laughs> money back now, please. <laughs> I, just, I just, I can't believe, like, I said last episode, I said this stinks of crypto. And I just, I must have missed their, like, $4 million announcement from their Metaverse account. And I didn't realize how right I was. The gift of prophecy. Yeah. It's the, the gift of prophecy. Let me read the Neopets Metaverse account uh, explanation for all of this. Great. Because it's very, very good. And they keep on adding to it. Greetings, Neopians. We have recently announced many changes and would like to clarify some points with our digital collectible holders. First and foremost, this is not a rug pull. Great start. <laughs> 
first of all, this is not a scam. We did not steal your money. <laughs> Throughout last year, we launched two playable alpha game builds exclusively for holders of our digital collectibles. I would I would move heaven and earth to get a copy of those. Yeah. I I want to see what the alpha builds of this game are. Uh, namely, our Neopets Genesis Collection, Neopets Pizzaroo Collection, Neopets <laughs> Masterpiece Collection, and Selected Invitees. Our first alpha was live from August 26th to September 24th and included a reimagined Neopia Central in 3D along with playable 3D animated versions of some of our most popular Neopet species, Shoiru, Kugra, and Zwitok. That is the... Those are the 3D models that had walk cycles that were like Blender GIFs that I remember them posting. It's it's not like you get to play your NFT. You don't get to play your Kugra with hot dog on head. It's just generic Kugra. (laughs) Right. Because the thing is, is everything they've shown so far is like... They did the Unity tutorial for like moving a character around. (laughs) Uh, God, this is long. They have written like whole ass articles in the because they're of course they're paying for Twitter. I guess it's X Blue now or whatever. But yeah, uh, yeah, they really have a lot to say in all these. Our investors believe in the team's ability to execute on building a brighter future for Neopets. Okay, so the they're claiming that the investors are cool with this. Did they? Did maybe is this this them going to the investors and like showing them a graph of like where? Solana is at and saying like look oh maybe any of this four million dollars back <laughs> let us just make a normal video game where it costs <laughs> 99 cents to get like 10 energy or whatever that's gotta Honestly, be it. maybe that's what it is yeah they just pointed at a big the big crater in the graph <laughs> from recently and went like look uh Sorry about this, but uh, dog yogurt is not trending as high as it used to. (laughs) I'm worried that your doomsayer prediction is entirely correct. It's so doomed. (laughs) They announced a new card game, too. Did you see that? I did see that. There's a lot. There's a lot going on in Neopets world. That four million dollars is getting stretched pretty far. Yeah. Speaking of scams and and money and and uh, Web three and all that business, um, the SAG after strike over all of the nasty AI related shit and the withholding of residuals and all the fake streaming numbers, et cetera, et cetera, that has like uh, I, I I guess it didn't like specifically affect us, but there was an announcement yesterday that if anyone. Uh, listening didn't happen to see us tweeting about that uh, requested kind of vaguely, but 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 not vaguely enough where I'm like, like looking to find an excuse out of it to like not promote struck work in podcasts. And of course, the Hunger Games movies, I believe, would fall under that category. Uh, so we're going to put those on the back burner until all this is resolved. We're stacking up some rainy day episodes. Absolutely. A whole a whole ass movie series that we get to dig into later once uh, these guilds have a fair deal. So, yeah, just a little a little bit of real news there. Hmm. And I have I have one last bit of, of news related 
info before we get into our real show here. I have thought of something that I want to run by you for the for the future of our like Hunger Games news segment stuff. Yeah, I've been getting a lot of um, news alerts for Hunger Games stuff, and most of it is like surrounding the new movie. Mm-hmm. But I keep getting these like local news things that are always about like local cabinet race or job search at a company or in this case from Sky News Australia people trying to find EV charging stations for their electric cars and uh-huh. the he- headline is always the Hunger Games <laughs> Lots and lots of news stories of people, someone in a quote will describe some some conflict happening as the Hunger Games. And I think it might be fun to kind of compile some of those. Absolutely. What has been described as the Hunger Games this week? Uh, this week it is uh, EV charging stations, but I'm sure that there are many, many more out there. I just, I, I, these were getting, I was getting so many notifications, I was like, hmm, this seems like a trend. What do they mean, like the Hunger Games? Like it's a like it's a battle, battle royale. <laughs> it's like a movie they saw like ten years ago, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to that, and in general, I am looking forward to being able to finally dig through articles from uh, the Hunger Games from from the time period. I've been avoiding it because of spoilers, but we're pretty much out of spoiler territory now for the first book, at least. Yeah, yeah, I poked around in the subreddit today just because I felt a little free of um, worrying about spoilers because I was like, either it's going to be about the first book, which there's no more spoilers really, or it'll be about the other books, which will be complete nonsense to me. Yeah, we have no context for that, right? Mm-hmm. We hit the cre- we hit the biggest spoiler reveal this ep- this 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 reading, so. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I feel free. I feel like a weight has been lifted. I know the big thing in the Hunger Games now. Absolutely. What was your what was your top find from the from the subreddit? Probably the person that very vaguely said uh any tips for the real Hunger Games that I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really understand the post. Uh but uh they were in the real Hunger Games and were looking for tips. Godspeed to this tribute. Um, I hope they win. Yeah. Very, very mysterious. Oh, I'm so excited. Let's let's get into our real reading for the week. What do you say? Yeah, sounds good. I will take a deep breath and take us into the three chapters that we read this week. Mm-hmm. Chapter 23. Um, they have just been gifted a meal by Hamish and the sponsors. Uh, that's from last week. Katniss wants to dig in immediately, but Peta wisely stops her and they take it slow. They enjoy their meal together. Uh, and Katniss recalls that if they win, they'll be put up in the Victor's Village, which is a neighborhood in their district where the winners of the Hunger Games live. Hamish lives there alone. They talk for the first time about Hamish won the games, concluding that he must have outsmarted everyone. A cannon fires that night. Thresh has died. They rest for the night. The next day, the rain has stopped and they need to go hunting. They leave the cave to seek game, but Peta is so loud walking around because he doesn't have the hunter's step. After a brief argument, they split up, Katniss allowing him to go hunt for roots so he doesn't scare away the animals. She teaches him a whistle so that they can stay in contact while they are split up. 
Katniss catches a couple rabbits and a squirrel, but at some point PETA doesn't answer her whistle call, so she panics. It turns out PETA had just strayed a little bit away, picking some berries. Katniss is angry and yells at him a little bit because she thought he had been killed. Also, she noticed some cheeses missing from PETA's little pile of stuff. A cannon fires. Foxface is dead. She had stolen some cheese from their pack, along with some of the berries PETA had picked, which were poison. Chapter 24. PETA and Katniss reason that because the cannon fired, Cato already knows approximately where they are, and if they bluff inviting him, he won't show. So they build a fire and cook some food out into, in the open. PETA wants to go back to the cave. Katniss agrees because she thinks she's been too mean to him. While in the cave, Katniss thinks on her finally, final opponent, Cato, and how she really doesn't know shit about him, to be honest. They get the sense that today is the day. The game makers are going to drive them together for the final showdown. And sure enough, all the water has been drained out of the stream and the ponds, forcing them all toward the lake. They eat all their food in preparation. They reach the lake and sit out in the open. Katniss does Rue's song for the Mockingjays, and they sing it until their song gets weird and panicked. Cato smashes through the trees from the forest wearing body armor, but he's not really running at them. He's running away from something else. Katniss and Peeta run for their lives. Chapter 25. There is a pack of werewolves. I mean, mutations chasing them. Katniss and Peeta and Cato all run toward the cornucopia. Cato gets on top of it first, Katniss behind him. She pulls Peeta up. The mutations don't seem to be able to climb the horn, but are sniffing around. Katniss realizes uh, what has been bothering her, especially about the mutations, uh, which is that they have the eyes of the other tributes. It's all of the dead tributes brought back as werewolves or something. Um, The mutts are sort of jumping at the horn, taking swipes at them. One catches Peta on the leg and opens up a big cut on him. Uh, Cato grabs Peta, pulling him into a headlock. Uh, But they're at a stalemate. Katniss can't shoot Cato without him taking Peta down off of the cornucopia and dooming them both. But Cato can't hurt Peta or Katniss will kill him. Uh, Peta comes up with a smart plan and indicates to Katniss to shoot Cato's hand. So she does so and Peta pushes him the rest of the way off of the cornucopia. Uh, Peta's pretty injured. Uh, They spend an entire night on the cornucopia freezing uh, with Peta basically bleeding out while the mutts um, like torture Cato horribly below him, below them without finishing him off. Uh, once it's daylight, Katniss does a mercy killing on Cato. Uh, they've won the Hunger Games or not. The mutts are taken away, but no victory announcement is made. They walk away from the body thinking that that's maybe why nothing happens. Uh, new game maker announcement. Earlier rule change has been revoked. It's either Katniss or Peta. Peta reaches for his knife. Katniss pulls the bow on him, but he was actually just throwing the knife away in the lake. How embarrassing. They have a brief argument about which one of them should kill the other, both offering to sacrifice themselves before they come to the conclusion that they won't be a pawn in this game and that they are going to both die by eating the poison berries robbing the capital of a victor. As soon as they put the berries in the mouth, new announcement, just kidding, they get to win together. They have won the Hunger Games. That's the end of our chapters. I am, like, vibrating, because there's so (laughs) much I want to talk about, mostly about the werewolves. (laughs) But, But I feel like we must, we simply must 
have our have our our our, our main meal before you know we got to eat our vegetables before we have dessert here right that's right like, time to go to the cave let's go to the fucking cave we spend a lot of time in the cave in this in this reading segment mm-hmm. how how did you feel about all the stuff in the cave <laughs> the cave is like the section at the library that's like cool for teens and i don't belong there <laughs> is is that like i i part of me uh, like has the same response to you where i'm just like ah this is like this is the stuff that's like most not for me right like this is the most like book for high schoolers stuff Mm -hmm. except that like i've watched plenty of like tv shows and you know i've watched read plenty of books that are like aimed at a younger audience where i've like i've like got into the character stuff in 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 situations like this and it is not doing it for me here no no i think i i agree it's just i don't like it and i don't like PETA. and then i have to like check myself and i'm like it's not for me but i but i agree with you like i have enjoyed a lot of media and aimed at like a younger audience that doesn't make me just like have this like knee-jerk reaction of just dislike um yeah so unfortunate I think that it has a it's it's like a mix of all of the worst stuff or, or like 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 to be, to be like very kind to it. I think that the the things that we have been most critical of just broadly in this book kind of like all mixed together in these scenes cuz we get a sort of like noxious cocktail of all of the catness Katniss deciding stuff in her head that just becomes fact scenes and and Peta just being horrible with like no interesting qualities all at once, right? Like <laughs> we we just kind of get that that's all that happens in the cave stuff. You you had an observation about this like first scene in the cave in particular that I thought was worth going into about about their reaction to the stew that they got from the airdrop. Oh yeah, this made me really mad. And I read the, I did the reading in like two chunks um, initially uh, because this like sort of made me mad and I just wanted to go to sleep instead of reading the rest of it. So that's not great. Um, I got super mad when they get the stew and Katniss is immediately like, I want to eat. I just am going to eat it all right now. Um, And Peta's like, now, now. Uh, we remember when it made us really sick on the train because we weren't used to it. So we got to take it slow, sweetie, um, which was really annoying to me because throughout this entire, entire book, Katniss has been like insanely sensible at all times, right? Like she is the survivalist. She was dying of thirst in like the first part of the hunger games like actually actually like about to die um and when she got to water she had the good sense to like take it slow and like use iodine to like purify the water and all of this so it really bothers me that as soon as Peta shows up she like loses that and he steps in to like be the wise like measured person in that interaction it it's something that just doesn't make any sense. I I think there's a iteration of this that I could see where because because she did 
kind of stuff herself in the early capital scenes, right? After kind of getting over her, like, trepidation with being there. Mm-hmm. But, like, one that was in, like, a, you know, air quotes here, but, like, a safe situation and not the Hunger Games, right? But I think the thing that really kills it for me is is not that she, not just that she, like, suddenly has no impulse control and or, like, hatchet knowledge, like, all of a sudden, and more the fact that PETA gets to be, like, this voice of reason here, because I don't think there's any reason he, like, like if, if we are even taking PETA at, at, like, exactly as the book wants us to take him as this, like, kind-hearted but sort of oafish, sheltered guy from a, a more middle-class part of, of District 12 um, who doesn't have, like, any survival skills or anything, when would he have ever picked up that you're supposed to go slow if you haven't eaten for a while. Right. Because the whole thing between the two of them is that she's the one who had to go out and hunt all her life, and he has had a relatively comfortable life in the market district. So it just it just feels like a, 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 a like knock-on effect of like sort of thoughtlessly going like, well, I've got to give PETA something to do here, and it ends up just really making him look like an asshole and Katniss look completely uncharacterful for a moment. Yeah. Yeah. It it was, it had a very strange effect. And I, I guess like for me, some of it comes across as that, like, uh, like it, the romance archetypes have taken like precedent over like the characters that we already know. Right. Because Mm -hmm. it's a very clearly like a, like a, a PETA taking care of Katniss in the cave fantasy. And it's just like, as soon as you go into the cave, that like takes over everything else. And so that's like his like gesture of caring for her. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, she doesn't need that. And I, I don't like when that, that romance part takes over. Um, and some of that is, it's not for me. And some of that, I think it sort of sucks. Yeah. I mean, like, there's there's a dynamic that occasionally comes through here, even in this chapter, that at least makes a lot more sense, that I enjoy a lot more. And I think that this opening scene with them is sort of at odds with the him stomping around in the forest and, and like making it hard to hunt and being just kind of this like this big lug, you know, who's who's making her life difficult. But she's kind of has this like, oh, I can't not fall in love with him, like, reaction to all this, right? And I think that's kind of fun. This idea that he's like this charming, but but kind of sheltered and useless guy who nonetheless she's like forming a bond with. Um, it really seems like that cave scene should have been completely flipped where he wanted to just dig into all the food immediately. And she sort of had to explain to him like, no, no, I've read hatchet. This is how how you do it. Right. If you're on an empty stomach. If if they have to win together. I want Katniss to drag him to victory. And yes. for the most part, she does. Um, except for like, I guess two parts, right? And it's this like cave stuff that I don't really enjoy. And then it's like his 
Um, this is skipping ahead a lot, but his final plan to shoot Cato in the hand, right? Yeah, he. I, I I don't know what we're supposed to take away from his behavior. It because I I think it's I I think it's meant to come across as like he's kind and he's he like like a broken clock like is is right twice a day type thing where like he occasionally has sage advice that he doesn't really know anything about right um i kind of like that archetype uh, uh, a little bit but the problem is that his behavior for the most part in this book has not come off as like kind oaf his behavior has come off as like total chauvinist for most of this stuff <laughs> Mm-hmm. And so when when they're in the cave together and he's like, uh oh, like, let's not eat this too fast. Katniss, don't forget to go slow and ration it. It doesn't come across like he's like innocently stumbling into a pearl of wisdom in a, in a time of need. It comes across like he is trying to be incredibly paternalistic to her. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it just really isn't charming and i think it's supposed to be charming or or like there's there's a sense i i i I feel like i understand what it's trying to go for but it's just such a miss and it just he he is so repulsive and and just talks to her like she's a child even though like he is he has a busted leg he joined up with the careers he is i mean like this is skipping ahead but he uh he kills someone purely through how stupid he is (laughs) And so, like, whenever he has these, like, moment of a moment of sage wisdom scenes, it just comes across like he is this annoying know-it-all, like, he's being a dick. Yeah, can I read it? Because I'm looking at it now and it's making me more mad than I even remember being. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This is how the chapter starts. Every cell in my body wants me to dig into the stew and cram it handful by handful into my mouth. But Peta's voice stops me. We better take it slow on that stew. Remember the first night on the train? The rich food made me sick, and I wasn't even starving then. You're right, and I could just inhale the whole thing, I say regretfully, but I don't. We are quite sensible. Like, the ideal versions of these characters, this is this is not them. It, it, it's, he, he is being a... <laughs> He's being a, like, paternalistic douche, and she is just all of a sudden, like, acting like a like a child and not in a way that it's like a oh it's so sad like the situation is has pushed her to the brink and 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 she's so starving that she is like uh uh you know she's forgotten all sense it just it's just like this weird one-off moment of like she forgot what she's good at what she's been good at for the whole book right but there's definitely an element of like this is the stuff that's the least for me but i think even when something isn't for me i can recognize and appreciate it when it's good and i don't think this is good yeah can i propose a complete archetype change for pita yeah i want him to be the smooth talking coward yes i just want to completely rewrite his character uh because yeah. i want all of his poor decisions in this book to be from like cowardice like joining the careers and stuff and then also his ability to join them would be explained away by him being like very charming and a smooth talker um yeah. which also explains why um he's so 
good at the quote unquote fake acting in love thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he saved Katniss from Cato, that should have been his like character turning point where his like good nature won out over his cowardice. Yeah, I, I like there is a there is a dynamic here where it's like if if they're teaming up, if 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 the whole story has to build towards Katniss, the hardened survivalist, uh, you know, the the street smart. I mean, she's kind of like both street smart and like, you know, like a wilderness expert. Right. She, she's just she's a tough, a tough young woman. Mm-hmm. And PETA is this like doughy, no pun intended, uh, 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 relatively well off charmer from the the wealthy part of town. Like that just feels like a really natural mix for like a kind of buddy cop scenario. Right. Mm-hmm. It's gotta be this. This had to be like a. It, this needed to be a lot more forty-eight hours or something, where it's like he, Katniss is dragging this guy across the finish line, like you were saying. And <laughs> but but he has these moments where his 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 like charm and his wit and his his like uh like social observation skills end up being really useful to Katniss who doesn't have any of that stuff. Right. Like she is, Mm. she, she is much colder, more logical and more, more, uh, 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 like survival and, 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 and technically oriented and skill oriented. Whereas he, he has these much more nebulous social skills and like self-preservation skills that maybe she doesn't have. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So like a complete rewrite, but I'm I'm into it. <laughs> it's it's one of those things. It, it, it I like it almost doesn't feel like it needs to be a complete rewrite because some of his dialogue, whenever he's at his most Hamichy, I could see that being that right. Like mm-hmm. him calling her sweetheart all the time, like Hamich did, and him. I mean, the fact that his his big plan regardless of like who who came up with it was to like pretend he had a crush on her or really did you know i'm gonna i'm gonna double blind this i'm gonna i have a real crush on her so i'm gonna pretend to have a crush on her and then then it'll all work like like he's just this dumb guy right who who has these like schemes and i he's in there somewhere you know mm-hmm. i i i would appreciate that much more and i think that that would make his bad behavior a lot more tolerable if that was just who he was rather than it just occasionally feeling like the book is making him seem way more uh, paternalistic and misogynistic by accident than he really is. Right. Yeah. Um, a great moment for like social IQ uh, PETA would be that it should have been him that suggested they make a fire and cook the food because the observation of um, them making that look like an uh, invitation to Cato um, and and Katniss saying like, well, would you show up if someone did that? That should be his observation. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, yeah, there's, there's, there's little tweaks you could make to just make them a little more oil and vinegar in a way that I, I think would be really fun. Like, cause if, if you're building the whole story towards this, like, oh, it turns out that they do have to work together, then they've got to, like, clash a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, they, and and we get a tiny bit of that. We do get that with his his loudness and his his um, 
his his lack of uh, of hunting skills. But like, I think that that could have really permeated the characters a bit more and kind of because that that's how you get the the will they won't they out of these characters, right? Is it like, oh, they're so different, but sometimes they come together and make stuff happen. Right. I'm 100% on board with 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 your proposal here. I think that that makes so much more sense for what we have. Mm-hmm. Uh so how about his kill here? <laughs> it's it's so funny. I could not I could not believe it. It's a real Rube Goldberg setup for this thing, right? Cuz we've had we've had the cheese for a while. Um the berries come up. Uh, the, the berries have come up a few times. We, 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 we've, 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 we've gotten, uh, berry lore about Katniss and her dad a few times. Um, but this like really elaborate thing where like Katniss is annoyed with how loud he is. So she sends him away and I guess he takes some cheese with him. (laughs) And picks some berries, and then he forgets to whistle. And I guess in the moment when he forgot to whistle, Foxface thought it was safe to come and steal some of the food, and then she eats the poison food, and then she dies. And she happens to die at the exact moment that they realize that the cheese has a little nibble in it and put together (laughs) that she ate them. Just, like, real comedy of errors stuff here. Yeah, yeah, poor Foxface. I was like... I was so ready for her to do something because it's like this whole time she's been like she keeps popping up. Right. First, she does the like laser dance uh, and and she goes out and like does the daring grab of the bag. And this whole time I've I've been like, what's she going to do? Like what when when is the thing going to happen with her? And she just like ate some poison berries and died. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, lot of convenient deaths here. In fact, we forgot to mention before they go out hunting here, I just realized major detail that made me really mad is that Thresh just dies. Yep. Thresh is dead. They don't even hear the cannon and, and cause it's so rainy and Peter's, Peter's like, Katniss, Thresh died. She's like, what? Thresh, Thresh is dead. Thresh died. Oh, the the other character who was like kind, it could have been interesting, died. Okay, like they like the con the the one two punch of of Thresh dying off screen, presumably to Kato, and then Foxface dying because of a total accident. Uh, because because Peta is like kind of stupid and doesn't understand that you can't eat every berry you find in the woods. <laughs> The the convenience with which our characters' hands remain clean here is like it's stretched too far. Like it like it, it completely incredulous at this point. I I think that that like Katniss and Peta like like we I guess Katniss avoided this with Peta by just simply not asking him. But like, did Peta actually kill that one girl at the beginning? I don't know. We we never go back to that. That's just sort of glossed over. Um. But but his main his main kill narratively is that he left out some berries on accident and and someone else ate them. Like I this this needs to be way nastier. It's the Hunger Games, as we keep saying in these episodes. It's the fucking Hunger Games. 
Shouldn't they be, like, getting their hands dirty? Shouldn't they be doing messed up stuff that's really fucked, but they gotta do it or they'll die? But, it, like, everything, they're just kind of like Luigi. Like, the Luigi wins doing nothing shit is going on here. <laughs> I uh, looked up PETA kill count because um, okay. I was curious, and it says... This is from bookanalysis.com. PETA has two kills to his name in the 74th Hunger Games. His victims include the District 8 female, whom he kills as part of the career pack, and Foxface, who he kills accidentally with Nightlock Berries. Okay. But I guess that first one, even then, I I assume it's kind of a mercy killing, right? Because she was, like, getting... She was, like, dying slowly or whatever, right? Because Kato, Kato is so fucking nasty, right? He, who knows who knows how he killed her? Yeah, yeah, something like that. I would love to hear about it from him, though. <laughs> that would be great. if he could. There's even a moment where, where, like, after they figure out that Foxface died because she ate some nasty berries that they, that they picked, uh, Katniss is like, hmm, I can tell that he's not, like, thrilled about that. And that would maybe been a good time to like talk to him and get some character dialogue about how he feels about the people he's killed in the hunger games uh rather than (laughs) katniss just like thinking about it and going like hmm i bet i bet he has some trauma because of that oh well moving on can we get it in his own words please that would be great the whole fox face thing uh, uh it's very convenient but it also has like some of the weirdest tone stuff because i i it's not fully played as like a joke but it's like they're not particularly peeved about this right there's i mean for one there's just no getting around the line i should have known the moment i saw the missing cheese is just like inherently (laughs) kind of funny Mm -hmm. but then there's a moment did you catch the part where when Peta? is talking to her about, you know, they're sort of like, like going over what happened. And, and she says out loud to PETA, she's very clever, PETA. Well, she was until you outfoxed her. You can't do that. Which like, okay. First of all, dumb pun. That is a James Bond line. That is a, that, (laughs) that, that is her doing a quip. But also, just in the context of the story, has he has has Peta ever heard her refer to that character as Foxface? That's like a joke just for Katniss. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess I don't know. I would have to go back and look and see if she had ever referred to her. I guess. I guess even if he, because he doesn't react, he doesn't go like, "Oh, that's in poor taste" or anything, or, or like he doesn't like react to her saying you outfoxed her. But I was just like, Katniss is, Katniss is telling jokes about this this girl who was like starving <laughs> and died eating a berry they left out. Very weird. <laughs> yeah, it it feels like such an afterthought scene, especially because it's it it feels like. The author made a bunch of kids go into an arena to kill each other and then, like, didn't want to do that. Yeah. Like, didn't want to actually think about how that might happen. Because I swear, like, this is the the most afterthought scene of all time. Like, they're in the cave, they leave the cave, and then they go back to the cave. And it feels like they, it just was inserted, right? Yeah. Like, we are spending a lot of fucking time going to and from this cave. There's a bit in one of the later chapters where they're like going, going to the lake 
to the cornucopia and Peta's like, should we go back to the cave? And Katniss is like, maybe. And I was like, no, you better not go back to the fucking cave, please. Um, but yeah, it's, it's weird, right? I think the most charitable read I have on this is that it's like, this violence is supposed to be sort of like random and tragic and, and it's like, like, oh, we don't need, you know, sometimes when someone dies, they just fucking die. Right. And it's not like a big dramatic moment. But the book, I don't think, has really been grounded enough in that sort of like banal, uh, like uh, uh, routine violence for it to really count. I mean, like the fact that she has a quip for when uh fox face dies really says it all right like this is not this is not come and see you know where this is this is an action movie right um and and i i i think that looking at it from the kind of from i can only look at it through the structure that it has and i think there are plenty of stories where like a major character can just die suddenly out of our view and it's just like, yep, they just killed over dead. It was a random tragedy. And now we've got to deal with the aftermath. I love stories like that. It doesn't feel like if that was the attempt, I don't think there's enough going on to really support that. And if it wasn't, it doesn't. I, it's hard for me to read it as that. It just feels like we are in the last moments of the Hunger Games and we've got to get these chess pieces out of the way so they can fight Kato, who is like the bad guy. We can't have... Them fight Thresh because Thresh is like cool. We don't, we, you know, we can't have, we can't have Katniss fighting Thresh. We can't have Katniss fighting Foxface because, you know, like she's their opponent, but she's not like evil. She hasn't like done anything like really evil. She's just sort of like done cartwheels mostly. <laughs> so we can't have them like murder poor fox face it has to be an act it just it just feels like table setting in a really rote way i guess i think what just has really bothered me throughout the whole book is that exactly but that no other option is even considered by katniss as if it Mm -hmm. doesn't even exist like her, her the option to take a more violent path to for example snipe fox face as she's like running out to to get the the like backpack or whatever mm-hmm. doesn't even cross her mind and i would be fine if it crosses her mind and she doesn't do it and she has like a choice where she says like i'm i'm going to get through this without being evil yeah um okay that's a tr- but it just it feels like we are just all supposed to be on board with something that doesn't make any sense yeah, it's it it's treated as a given rather than a choice and and we don't we don't see the character wrestling with that like, you know, morality versus practicality, right? Which I'm always surprised by because that just seems like the natural essence of a story like this, right? Like your your humanity versus the dire reality that you find yourself in. That's that's potent. That's so many stories about conflict right but katniss never really wrestles with it i mean i mean like if i i think that a simple change to this scene that would have been interesting is if 
rather than hunting game, they were hunting for Foxface and just like through a comedy of errors killed her anyway. And sort of built, you know, if Katniss was like building up to this, like, I've got to shoot this person, right? Like, I've got to kill someone. And then Mm -hmm. it turns out that like it just sort of happens and you get that sort of like missing a step moment with her, right? Of going like, well, I like I didn't have to like shoot her, but I still don't feel great about it. anything, right? Any any feelings about this other than a pun that she makes would be yeah, great. Yeah, I really I really like that change. Also, it, it like if if it was like Katniss dragging Peta out to be like, okay, I have to go shoot Foxface. You're coming with me, and then having a comedy of errors, sort of, where Peta kills her accidentally, and then Katniss goes like, well, that's your kill. Yeah, um, would be at least like pretty entertaining. Yeah, they're, they're, they're like just a, a little like you, you, could, you could even keep it as sort of like darkly humorous. Right. But just I the lack of angst that that Katniss has about fighting and killing at all is so strange because she has a lot. Katniss has a lot of opinions in these books, <laughs> in, this, in this story. Right. Like, like I, I would say a good two thirds of everything we read this week was Katniss kind of doing exposition for the audience through her own opinions. Right. Like everything we get about Foxface is from Katniss here. She, oh, she says like she, she thinks like, oh, uh, Foxface was so smart. Was she? Was that really what we were supposed to take away from Foxface is that she was smart? Right. It's such a it's such a bizarre inner monologue, too, because the reason that she's thinking about Foxface being smart is because she's realizing she doesn't know anything about Kato. So she's yeah. like, well, at least I knew that Foxface was really smart. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> And then also, like, speaking of Kato, she does the same thing for Kato, and and we we got that one scene of him dieharding the nerd guy um, in the cornucopia <laughs> yeah. a few chapters back, but we get, like, 90% of his character development here, which is, again, just Katniss making completely unsupported assertions that I just have to take as fact about how Kato is this crazy monster. Again, just the book making excuses so that the violence doesn't feel too icky, which like if you're writing a book where the premise is that an evil government takes a bunch of teenagers and puts them in a, in an arena to kill each other. Why are you concerned with it being too icky? It's supposed to be icky. That's what we're here for. It's the damn Hunger Games. It's the Hunger Games. I thought that the like the the exploration of this nasty, evil, uh, 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 depraved future society that is strikingly similar to to our own present is the point. And so Katniss just sitting there going like, "Cato is so fucked up. Cato is so evil. Cato <laughs> Cato has has criminal minds disease. He has to be put down." It's just like, <laughs> "Oh, okay. I guess so." <laughs> we never even saw that, really. I guess he broke a guy's neck. It's the Hunger Games. You're all supposed to be doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Not <laughs> just not really the most compelling villain here. No, no. And and um I tried I try to not do too much editorializing in my summaries, but it was very funny to me that when Katniss is like, I don't know anything about Kato, all I know is that Foxface is smart. I'm just like, why why do we not know anything about our like big bad villain yeah. in this book? 
Yeah, it's especially disappointing. There are like a few chapters ago when we sort of got that like updated roster after Rue died, right? Where Katniss was sort of taking inventory and was like, okay, there's Kato, there's uh, Foxface, there's Thresh, there's, I'm forgetting her name, not Glimmer. Um, Clove. Clove, the knife lady. Uh, I was like, okay, we have a rogues gallery now, right? We have like four opponents. These are going to be fleshed out a little more. We're going to like get some like Metal Gear Solid boss fights with these characters, maybe, right? Like mm-hmm. where Katniss is going to have like a chapter long adventure with all of them and have to to find a cool way to defeat all of them. And then they they'll like have a little monologue before she kills them where they talk about their ideology. That that was what I was expecting a little bit, right? Or just like yeah these are these are the final four that she has to fight face down instead two of them die completely by accident (laughs) thresh kills clove for katniss and is like okay well i'm not gonna fight you right now and walks away and he dies like i mentioned and then kato is so evil and so nasty that katniss has no no thoughts about whether or not She'll be able to kill him. She's just like, okay, this guy stinks. I hate him. I'm going to kill his ass. And yet still, still, that's not what happens. Still not what fucking happens. Which brings us to the most exciting part of the reading. (laughs) We've eaten our vegetables. That's right. We can talk about the most amazing reveal in the entire book, I can't believe that I have gone... When did this book come out? This book came out in, like, 2007, 2008. I have gone 15, 16 years without ever having this detail spoiled for me. And I was so delighted. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, this is all new information to me. I was not expecting a werewolf attack in the 11th hour of the Hunger Games. It's so crazy i had no idea like i i think there's actually a really good like street cast lore uh punchline here which is i think that like before we started this book i was like yeah i like had the first movie on half paying attention to it on a plane once and all i remember about it was cgi dogs no way and I, I, I remember saying this early on, and I like I had this beautiful moment of putting two and two together and going like, did I like come this close to discovering the secret werewolves in the Hunger Games <laughs> and just not? I just looked away just in time to not like uh uh remember or, or notice that this was a story that ended with all of the dead characters coming back as evil werewolves <laughs> what the fuck what is going on what is the world that this book is set in i i was delighted i mean like can i just read the beginning of chapter 25 please do Mutations, no question about it. I've never seen these mutts, but they're no natural-born animals. They resemble huge wolves. But what wolf lands and then balances easily on its hind legs? What wolf waves the rest of the pack forward with its front paw as though it had a wrist? Well, Katniss, that's a werewolf. (laughs) That's a damn werewolf, Katniss. I was I had to like get up and walk around. I 
could not believe that this is where the story ended up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 here for it, but damn. Yeah, not complain. Well, I have some complaints about it, but like broadly speaking, sure, why not? The capital turns the people into werewolves when they die is kind of awesome. Um, but like nothing could have prepared me for that. Like like we've 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 kind of joked a lot about the the like occasional like like Jetson's ass sci-fi reveals that happen in this book. <laughs> um and like we've you know we've got invisible hovercrafts. We've got um I assume like they they it said they were gold. So I'm just imagining like the big bees from Donkey Kong Country but they're gold. That's what the tracker jackers yep. are to me. Yep. Um but like oh and we've got like mockingbirds that are slightly different. They like have parrot voice imitation abilities right nothing could have prepared me for there are werewolves with human eyes that (laughs) that like chase you yeah i was not prepared i I, i'm delighted really i think it also it, it it really um kind of lampshades the other really silly thing here which is that uh kato got body armor he got like (laughs) skin tight magic body armor i I was so curious what was in everyone's packs like i thought that was going to be interesting in some way did we ever find out what fox faces had i don't believe so no or threshes no I would have loved to have known, but he died elsewhere. So I guess we'll never know. <laughs> and Kato got some magic body armor. So that's cool. I love how stupid it sounds. He he had it's described as being like skin color. Yeah. And and, and like and like a full body. So he he's running towards them. He just looks like a nude <laughs> man running towards them. He's like a Ken doll running towards them away from a pack of werewolves. Amazing imagery <laughs> here. But yeah, I just could not nothing in a million years could have prepared me for for human wolf hybrids being the big twist of this book. The main thing, I know I know that I keep saying this and I know that like we are well beyond the point where this is an interesting observation, but can you blame me for being so baffled by this being the reveal in the book that I just remember being told constantly just through osmosis and by critics and whatnot, and by the fact that this book, again, has a 192-page interview at the back called Writing About War, that it was about fucking werewolves <laughs> at the end? <laughs> am, I, am I out of line for thinking that that's weird? <laughs> it's so funny. Oh... <sighs> Yeah, and the werewolves have, like, the features of the people that they're made out of, too. It better explain itself. Do you, do you think? Because we have, we, we just finished uh, uh, the Hunger Games in this reading, but we've got, like, two or three more chapters left. Do you think we're going to get, like, a tour of the werewolf facility before the book yeah, is well, out? That better be what Katniss gets for winning the Hunger Games. That's the, the reward. Old, old That's the reward, <laughs> is they take you to the werewolf factory. <laughs> Check this out. This 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 is the werewolf factory, Katniss. Would you like to feed one of them some dog yogurt? <laughs> Katniss just like feeding a, a werewolf with a big like churu uh, tube. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I can't wrap my head around this. I'm delighted by it. But like it really did give me flashbacks in a positive way, I guess, to to Maximum Ride. The Erasers. Maximum Ride Vindicated, I think, here. Yeah. Kind of it, it, like if I have to choose which which YA uh uh adventure story had better werewolf action in it it's i gotta give it to to maximum ride on this one that's right exactly yeah the erasers are cool the erasers are like werewolves that like wear suits and they like have martial arts skills and stuff these are the description of these is is very funny like there's the one that looks like glimmer that has like wavy blonde fur which is just (laughs) so funny to think about um i mostly was picturing this picture of a dog. Hold on, I'm sending you. I will make this. Maybe this will be the podcast art for this week. But it talks a lot about the human eyes. <laughs> yeah. And it just makes me think of that picture of the dog with very strikingly human eyes and lips. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's them. That's what they're being chased by in this amazing, amazing twist. I, I could not believe it. Um, yeah. What is there to even say? It's, there's werewolves at the end of the Hunger Games. The the Hunger Games. The big twist of the Hunger Games is that there are werewolves in the arena. <laughs> this gritty, gritty battle royale. It's like the, the the battle royale game design here is that they're not they're not doing battle royale. They're not even doing Fortnite. I, I realize what the game they're actually playing is here. It, this is Mario Kart 64 battle mode where you get to come back as the little bomb guy at the end. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> They're driving the little cars around. <laughs> that's 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 the that's the real that's the real game inspiration for the Hunger Games. Yeah, I I th- this is so funny because it really overshadows the Kato stuff, I think. Like, yes, like Kato is very quickly set up as our big final boss, our, our big villain to to take down at the end to win, win the Hunger Games here. And, I mean, like, effectively, if I'm being honest, I think that this this is at least so shocking and so, so absurd, it really kind of takes your attention away from how little Kato really has to do in this moment, right? Yeah, definitely. His stuff doesn't feel like it matters at all. Yeah, because like, what what does he really do? He they climb the cornucopia to get away from the werewolves, and he is really injured. He like he's he's not doing so hot, and neither is Peta. And they sort of have this like scrappy fight on top of the cornucopia, surrounded by the werewolves, and. Speaking of of this being just a a like action movie structure, the villain grabbing the love interest <laughs> and pull, and standing at the edge of the cliff and being like, "Well, Mister Bond, if you if you if you, if you kill me, I'm taking I'm taking her with me." But it's like it's like him him doing that with with Peta. It it it, it it's very stock which i don't have a problem with but it's just not what i was expecting but it is really enhanced by the fact that they are being circled by a pack of werewolves uh really really hard to get unstuck from that point yeah yeah i was pretty not interested in the kato stuff as soon as the werewolves showed up yeah because it's not like like if kato had been stalking them the entire time if, if he had been making their life hell for the entire hunger games if they'd had like 
previous confrontations with him. I mean, like the closest is that like he threw a spear at PETA, right? Or, or was it who did he throw the spear at? Katniss, because PETA showed up and intervened. Yeah, he threw a spear and like that's kind of it. He's not really been we've not been having like big clashes with this guy. So it just sort of feels a little perfunctory that there's like a guy here doing villain stuff and he's just not he's not the focus the werewolves are a little more interesting i think because they're at least like rue is in there and and glimmer is in there like characters that like we at least had some moments with but they're like they're werewolves now (laughs) just a really funny thing to say (laughs) so are they actually them did they actually bring them back to life as werewolves I mean, like this, this, this relies on us taking Katniss's opinion exposition at at her word, but I think it has to be because it has like she has that moment where she like realizes that it has that the werewolf has like Glimmer's eyes or whatever, and she's like, "Oh, it must. It what if it has the memories and it wants revenge on me or whatever?" Like, maybe she's just being fanciful. But that's the impression I get is that these are like because if they're mutants, then I think that implies the some like splicing, right? Like they're not like zombies or anything. They're like right. they're they're like weird human animal hybrids, which are like to to the book's credit, as as ridiculous a stretch as this is, we've been told about like gene splicing stuff like since the very beginning with all the birds and whatnot. So like I'll I'll, I'll grant them that, but. This is a big one. This is we we've got quite a, a leap from uh, a hummingbird that talks like a that talks like a parrot to to a werewolf that has the memories of Hunger Games contestants. Um, I get yeah. I guess we don't know for sure, but like if 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 how Katniss's exposition has been treated in this book is any indication, I assume she's right. I assume that these are like twisted twisted resurrected because uh, because like why else are they taking the bodies at the end right yeah that makes sense that's messed up it's really messed up i hope we get to see the werewolf factory at the end yeah me too <laughs> i like how upset katniss is about this i'm gonna give the scene credit for that she is like i think it describes her as shrieking um i like to see her like on the back foot a little yeah, it's like for for as much criticism as 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 I've I've leveled at her sort of like not really thinking about like having to kill people um, or like having any of the angst that you might expect about being in the Hunger Games. We at least in the 11th hour here do get a little bit of that with with these characters coming back and her thinking about that. I appreciated that stuff. I thought like it's such a ludicrous way to get there but like it got something out of her right like mm-hmm. it was it was it was cool to read there's some 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 characterful moments from her which is impressive given how silly the scene is i think i i i, I do agree that i think that this this does bring out some of the best character work she's gotten yeah it is it is enough it, it is enough at least to make the weird way that they dispatch Kato and again don't have to really kill him that was this is the bit that i think really made made this whole like why don't they just kill people thing really stick out to me is that like K- 
Katniss doing this elaborate, like, I'm not going to headshot you. I'm going to shoot you in the hand so you so you fall over <laughs> is so much crueler in the end than what just like shooting him would have been. Yeah, it's gruesome. I, I, I will say I think that this is my favorite death in the series. Like, 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 sorry to say something that sounds nuts, but like it, I was really happy with how disgusting this was, at least. Yeah, it was horrible. Uh, the, the like, I, I, I think that the setup is me is rather silly. I think that Kato is a boring character. I think that the mutations are ridiculous, but the, uh, the description of, of Katniss finally deciding to mercy kill him and like peeking over the edge of the cornucopia and describing him as like the piece of meat that was once my enemy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Ooh, nasty. That w- that was a great moment. I think. Yeah. I think the Tracker Jacker girl was my favorite um, death in the story. Um, but that one like gets minus points to it because it was like a hallucination, apparently. Yeah. Like that the comes gore up again. was. Yeah. She's yeah. like, uh, she mentions having like hallucinated um, that seems to make it more firm that it was a hallucination. Yeah. Yeah. That she wasn't really like breaking the like the the bones and gore off of her to get to the bow it was too bad because i thought that that scene was really cool and like disgusting in a, yeah. in a like, really kind of gripping way but th- this this i think for as for as nothing a character as kato is i think we at least got some like good visceral like like queasy uh, having to face down this horrible violence you're doing moment there. As as ridiculous as the setup is, I do think it at the very least kind of sticks that landing tone-wise a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Even if I don't find... I just don't find Cato or his actions or any of that particularly interesting, which is too bad. I think that this would have hit even harder if he had been a character that I had like, felt anything about, right? Um, do you think that it would have been better if they humanized him earlier um, and I guess what I mean is if he didn't do the, like, James Bond villain routine with PETA and he just was, like, scared and with them and was taken by the the mutts without that whole routine. Yeah, I, I think it, it, it could have gone two ways, right? It could have been either he was he was just as villainous the entire time, but he was more effective. Um, Mm -hmm. and he was just like present more, like doing more like bad guy stuff to them throughout the whole book. Or if he was a character who like either Katniss or PETA had like hit it off within the training. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause there was, there was the, there was the thing that I sort of mentioned predicting early in this book for PETA after his rooftop speech, where I was like, it would be so cool if he has this like moment where he describes this very noble intent and then immediately becomes like a monster when actually faced with the material reality of the Hunger Games. And I think that 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 same thing could have been applied to a character who became this villain, right? Of like, Mm -hmm. maybe they meet someone, they really strike it off uh, with this with this guy uh, uh, amongst the tributes who is like sort of with them on their side or at least like friendly enough to them to the point where you're like, Oh, I, it's going to be so sad to, to like have to fight this guy 
and then it turns out that th- that you know then he's he's this guy being pursued by if if it's someone we care it's either we we have to care about him more or hate him more right but right it's stuck in the middle ground either way mm-hmm. other characters not being present i think is just a a real major achilles heel in this story i love a first person narrative i love reading what characters assume i love I love like seeing a situation and having a character opine on it, even if they're like completely wrong. In fact, especially if they're completely wrong. I love that kind of thing. But there's just not enough characterization of of other people in this book. I think that that is just it's it's like biggest biggest failing is that just outside of Katniss, there really isn't anyone that interesting in this book. Right. Other than Effie, I miss Effie. I miss Effie. Which is a which is a mo- there's a great moment in the beginning of this in the cave where they do say that they miss Effie and I'm like yeah I do too. <laughs> now, so once Cato is dead, what do you make of the rush to the finish? I ha- I hated it. I hated it. <laughs> Horrible. You're not you're not compelled by by the capital doing take backsies. I'm not. It just. It- it maybe kneecapped this whole story for me. I mean, like, I think I might have even, like, said, like, it would be cool if they did this. But in practice, I did not enjoy it. Um, I think mostly just because of the execution, the way that it just comes at the end of this big climactic fight scene. We just get this extra wrinkle that the announcer for the Hunger Games just comes up and is like, uh, actually, we lied. Sorry. Kill each other. It's really not. There's got to be a more exciting way to drop that reveal, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's just um I I think it's an execution problem because mm-hmm. um I I think it would be a totally different story if um they actually had to fight. I think the double take backsies is what bothers me. Yeah. I'm I'm so curious what we're going to find. Like is this just going to be a thing at the end where they get back to the capital and it turns out that that the you know the narrative of the boy with the bread and the girl was who was on fire was just so popular with the audience that it 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 turned things in their favor so curious how that's going to shake out because i i think that if you take this story as a as the author says a story about the about the like the dichotomy of seeing the Iraq war and seeing reality TV at the same time. Mm-hmm. What does this scene where the, the victims win the day by like becoming popular with the audience and, and, and becoming beloved and, and, and threatening to kill themselves? What does that say about that premise? Like, I'm not, I, because we haven't finished it, I don't really have any, anything more than that. But that is the question lingering in my mind at the moment is like, how, how is that going to shake out? Because I find that very interesting. And I have a lot of complicated feelings about that. Right. If, who are Katniss and Peta meant to represent in this situation? And what, what do their actions represent if we are looking at this through the lens of like the 2000s and 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 war coverage and reality tv and and sort of the like 
the the like competitiveness of American society and the like what what is what does that mean? I'm just I, like I have no answer for that yet. That's that's not like a, a really a rhetorical question. That is a question that I am putting a pin in because I am so curious. What is going on here? What is the theme? What, what where are the themes going here? Yeah, that's a very good question. I like it's I, I I again like not even saying that like I I'm hating it. I'm not dismissing it out of hand just yet because I haven't seen the actual ending. But like execution wise, I do hate it. It's very silly. Like they're just standing at the edge of the lake. Going, oh, I'm going to eat these berries. And then, then the, like, the announcer, who is, like, the voice in the sky, is like, no, don't. Please don't. You win, actually. <laughs> yeah, it makes I the just, whole... F- yeah. I don't like it. It makes the whole thing seem very ramshackle. Like... I just... I wanted Katniss to win yeah. this thing. And I feel like it just, like, snatched victory away because it feels like a feels like a remake a little bit mm-hmm. what if she just fucking killed him right yeah yes <laughs> that would have been the ultimate payoff for like the the romance stuff is if it, you know he he was doing i'm really in love with you stuff and she's just like i win that's right that's right i was kind of half expecting that to be where it went because uh they talk a little bit in the cave about like you know, being in the winner's house, which, by the way, speaking of like early 2000s stuff, did you get like McMansion neighborhood vibes from oh, the totally. whole? Yeah, there's all these empty mansions in District 12 that are built for the victors who never came. Right. That that feels yeah. very, very pointed imagery. But um, because there's a whole bit where she's like, oh, you know, we're going to live together and we're going to have you know, what if we had kids running around? I never wanted kids. And and. And, uh, you know, my family can move. And, and I was just like, OK, so the the other shoe dropping here is going to be she's just going to kill him to win or he's going to die before she wins. Right. But nope. I mean, this would be way too tragic of an ending. But if she like killed him because the sequence is so funny, too, because he pulls a knife, but he's pulling it to throw it away. For some reason. And then she sees him pulling the knife and goes to shoot him. But then realizes that he was throwing the knife away. But my question is, what if she did shoot him in that moment, thinking that he was trying to kill her? But it was in the process of him throwing the knife away. And she realizes that, but it's too late. She's already shot him. Yeah. Or even if it's just like ambiguous, you know, like, was he... Was he re- reaching for it to throw it away or was he actually going to, you know, was he going to kill her? You just kind of leave it with this sort of like nasty ambiguity and she just never knows. Right. And it also would be kind of it would be sort of like uh, make her being able to stay like morally good throughout this whole thing, like sting even more that yeah. it's like at the end of the day, she ended up killing PETA of all like everything else was like an accident or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but that would be, I, I don't know. It's probably too tragic of an ending. Like doesn't fit the tone of action movie. Right. But seems cool. I crave the tragedy. I want the tragedy. Right. It's the hunger games. I want Katniss to win the Hunger Games. 
It's the Hunger Games. It's a battle royale. There can be only one winner in this in this metaphor for the nasty rat race of 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 capitalist society. There can be only one winner. Right. So I guess I guess that's the thing is my problem isn't the rules change back because that seems like absolutely twist the knife like that should have been their plan the whole time. Uh, my, the thing that is like gets to me is and I think that what the book is trying to tell me is that the capital needs there to be a winner like that's a part of their script right it needs to happen and so they like can't risk it not happening which is why they mm-hmm. like stop them from killing themselves but I don't think I buy that like what a what a great twist to reality TV to have the characters kill themselves right like in this I don't yeah. know in, in the sicko fucking child murder game that's just like a good season finale yeah if 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 this if if this was if 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 they like need to have a winner i question do they because it just seems like the 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 goal of the hunger games the reason why it's entertaining to this society is the brutality and the tragedy of it. Like, they're like me going, I want the tragedy, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, and surely if, if, if we're, if, if we're on season 74 of, of there being hunger games in this world, having one where two lovers make it to the end and fucking like die rather than, than kill each other. Isn't that like a really good season? Right. Isn't that isn't that like a really cool ending? I'm so curious what the what the logic behind the the capital backtracking on this is going to be because like just thinking about this like evil world where like just thinking back to like the early chapters where we were talking about like people go on vacation to like the 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 like the craziest death spots right they they do tours of of the quarters of the of the past victors or or favorite champions right like there's like there's there's merch for 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 victors isn't having one where nobody won and it was because the two people in the lead were in love that i don't know like that just seems like in the grand evil design of of the hunger games that fits perfectly into what they want that that feels like like prime the revolution won't be televised type shit right like right if the matrix was real they would come up with the movie the matrix type shit right like Mm -hmm. there is nothing nothing that can't be commodified in this society so i'm curious how these last few chapters are going to shake out because I would imagine that that would just make total sense in this in this hell future. That would be an amazing ending for this whole thing. Yeah. Everyone died. They would. It seems like they would rather have that happen than have two winners because that just makes them look weak. (laughs) Anything else to discuss in this? chat? I mean, like there's there's just the werewolves overshadow everything. There's werewolves in this book. There are werewolves in this book. Um, But no, I think I think that about does it. Okay. Okay, so let's move on to our third segment, which I have I have a little twist this week for our for our game. You are familiar with the series The Maze Runner, right? I know the name. Yes. This week, I have three descriptions of books in the Maze Runner series for you. (laughs) Okay. one of them is fake. 
and the rest are oh, real no. maze oh, runner no. premises. And I would like for you to deduce which of these I made up. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Number one is book 3.5, Crank Palace. <laughs> no, no. The Glade, The Maze, The Scorch, The Inner Halls of Wicked. Wicked is in all caps. But now he has a burden that can't be shared with Thomas and the others. The Flare. And Newt can't bear the thought of his friends watching him descend into madness as he succumbs to the virus. Leaving only a note, Newt departs the Berg before the Gladers return from their mission to Denver, Colorado. <laughs> from there, he experiences the gritty nightmare of life on the streets, running from the infected and those hunting them, until he ends up in the Crank Palace, the last <laughs> dumping ground of those without hope. Although Newt thought he was running away from his friends to save them from himself, along the way he meets a young mother named Keisha and her son Dante, who end up saving Newt in a way he could never have imagined. Taking place during the latter events of The Death Cure, Crank Palace tells the story of Newt like never before, <laughs> from inside his own mind, as he searches for meaning in a life gone horribly wrong. Crank Palace? Crank Palace. Okay. So that's your first one. All right. Here's number two. Book 0 0.4, Kill Order. Before Wicked was formed, before the Glade was built, before Thomas entered the maze, sun flares hit the earth and mankind fell to disease. Mark and Trina were there when it happened, and they survived. But surviving the sun flares was easy compared to what came next. Now a disease of rage and lunacy races across the eastern United States, and there's something suspicious about its origin. Worse yet, it is mutating, and all evidence suggests that it will bring humanity to its knees. Mark and Trina are convinced there's a way to stop those left, uh, to save those left from uh, living from descending into madness, and they're determined to find it if they can stay alive. Because in this new devastated world, every life has a price, and to some, you're worth more dead than alive. Right? Book 0 0.4, Kill Order. Uh, and now number three is Book 2.3, Grave Dancer. Before death could be cured, it had to be studied. Thomas is missing. He disappeared into the night, leaving no trace behind. The Gladers discover his empty room too late to follow his captors, but ominous clues have been left for them, written in Thomas's blood. If Mark and Newt don't hurry, there won't be many pieces of Thomas left to rescue. A twisted game of cat and mouse will lead them through Detroit, Philadelphia, and up the eastern seaboard, on the run from wicked agents, deadly assassins, and ruthless gangsters. Meanwhile, Aiden and Sullivan race to rendezvous with their friends on their way back from the Scorch Trials, and battle a mysterious threat, infected patients who just may carry a clue as to where Thomas is being held captive. But with few supplies and the Iblis trigger extinguished, they might be trapped on a doomed march towards an early grave. Grave Dancer takes place in between the Scorch Trials and the Death Cure, and reveals previously unseen events before Thomas's first memory of the Flare, Book 2.5. Oh no. I was I was positive that that last one was you. 
And then that little summary at the end that was like, this book takes place between this and this and during this made me think that it's real. Because why would you just add that part when none of the other ones had it? And the reason I thought that the third one was you is because it's the most coherent out of the three. (laughs) Until that last bit. Until the last bit. Because I was just like, oh, you... You didn't make this, like, incoherent enough. Like, I, I see through you. Um, it's too it's too good. Um, the first one sounds like... <sighs> I'm just... I'm trying to decide if you're faking me out because... Crank Palace... I feel like you wouldn't make that up because it would be too obvious unless you're you're double faking me out by making me think that in the first place. This is this might be the hardest one. This this was very evil of me, I will admit. The second one didn't leave that much of an impression on me, which makes me think that maybe You managed to slide that one under the door, and that's the fake one? Book 0.4, Kill Order. Kill Order. Yeah, that one did... Can you reread that one for me? Before Wicked was formed, before the Glade was built, before Thomas entered the maze, sun flares hit the earth and mankind fell to disease. (laughs) Mark and Trina were there when it happened, and they survived, but surviving the sun flares was easy compared to what came next. Now a disease of rage and lunacy races across the eastern United States, and there's something suspicious about its origin. Worse yet, it's mutating, and all evidence suggests that it will bring humanity to its knees. Okay, I'm making the call right now. Um... You're you're trying to fake me out. You made up Crank Palace. That one's fake. Crank Palace is real. Crank Palace <laughs> no. is real. No way. Real book. Crank no, Palace. No. <laughs> I am I am proving this to you. I am sending you the Goodreads page right now. Crank Palace. Crank Palace is real as fuck. Crank Palace real. Look at that logo! Crank Palace! The Glade, the Maze, the Scorch, the Inner Halls of Wicked. (laughs) Crank Palace. (laughs) Crank Palace! The Berg, the Gladers, Crank Palace. (laughs) Oh, Crank Palace is real. Um, The fake one was, in fact, 2.3 Grave Dancer. Hmm. Oh, and I see Crank Palace does have the little, like, uh, takes place between... Yes. Okay, I missed that part. Oh, was... wait. Oh, I missed that. It does... Wait. Yes. Wow. Oh, no. Okay, okay. taking place... During the... Okay, that was... that. Was... Okay, that was there. Okay, so I, I yeah, I copied that for the third one. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. N- 99% of why I did this is because I really wanted to get the phrase Crank Palace out there. That makes sense. (laughs) 
I didn't realize there were so many Maze Runner books. Me either. I was like, because I hit, I, I've, I, you know, I think there's many more to be found. But yesterday when I was like putting together my notes and stuff, I was like, hmm, I'm running out of ones of these for this game that I like don't, that I don't think that you know. I'm like down to like Maze Runner and Divergent and that kind of stuff where I was like, hmm, these are all ones that we know. Right. Uh, but then I like just I was like, OK, well, if if I can't find this stuff by looking up books that are related to Hunger Games, what if I look up stuff that's related to stuff that's related to Hunger Games? And that's when I found out that there are like a million Maze Runner books. Wow. Um, would you like to hear the entire series of Maze Runner? I would. Book 0.4, The Kill Order. That was that was in there. Book 0.5, The Fever Code. Book one, The Maze Runner. Book two, The Scorch Trials. Book 2.5, Thomas's First Memory of the Flare. Book three, The Death Cure. Book 3.5, Crank Palace. <laughs> and I think that's the end. And then there's like a bunch of like inside the Maze Runner series. But I think Crank Palace might be the end. And it's a novella. Oh my god. Wait. Related series. The Maze Cutter. Oh. The Maze Cutter... In, wait, Crank Palace is also listed as part of the Maze Cutter series on Goodreads. Is it a is it like a branching timeline? I hope so. Because the Maze Cutter, 73 years after the events of the Death Cure. What? <laughs> the Islanders are hunted by the Godhead. Whoa, this is crazy. Damn, I had no idea. This is wild. That was published last year. Wow. And there's, there's another one coming out this year called The Godhead Complex. So this series is still going, I guess. Great. <laughs> well, I guess I guess we've got to catch up with the Maze Runner series. It sounds very exciting. There's crazy yeah. shit happening in there. Yeah. Oh, my God. I always got the Maze Runner mixed up with Jumper. Did you ever see Jumper? No. The uh, Hayden Christensen movie? No. Yeah, he's in a really bad action movie called Jumper, where he's in a death game type situation. Sounds uh, good. It's... I saw it in theaters. It was... Lucky. Silly. Kind of fun. All right. Well, now, now that we know that Crank Palace is real, I think it's time <laughs> for us to take it to the close. What do you say? Sounds good. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use it as our theme song. You can find them on Bandcamp, and you can find us at patreon.com slash streetcast, where we've got lots of bonus episodes and early episodes for you. And Liz, what are we reading next time? Um, we are reading chapters 26 and 27, so that will uh, bring us to the end of the book, um, and hopefully we'll get a tour of the Werewolf Factory. I am so looking forward to it. Happy Hunger Games. Happy Hunger Games. But there's a lady there makes ocean rolls seem tame. Better know what you're after if you catch a eye. Cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.